occult crimes, paranormal investigations, urban legends, and strange happenings. Welcome to Myths, Magic, and Murder. <laughs> hey, welcome to Myths, Magic, and Murder. This is episode 101. I'm Abby. I'm Kate, and we'll be your ghostesses in 2023. Oh my goodness, it's been a long time. It has. We're so excited to be back. I'm not. Oh, Kate actually hates this, <laughs> and she said, I never want to do this again, and now she's tied up in my house being forced to speak into a mic. I'm blinking SOS, if anyone's asking. She's not doing that. I'm glad to be back. I am excited. It has been a while. We have news. I quit my job. There you go. Now everyone knows. (laughs) It was a lot of stress last year. Yes. It was a very crazy time, personally, for our personal lives. And I feel like we had no stability. Mm -hmm. But this time, I think we're slowly getting there. Yes. And hopefully this will be... A very consistent part of our lives once more. Watch this space. This is the year not of the rabbit, instead of Myths, Magic and Murder. I feel kind of bad for the rabbit. That's not very nice. Well, we can have a rabbit. I would love a rabbit. No, no. We're not buying a rabbit. Oh. No. Hundreds of people just hear you say that I can get a rabbit. No, do please. you Do you no. take it back? Yes. No, it takes these backsies. I take these What are you talking about today, anyways? This week, I'll be telling you all about the haunted goings-on at Glam's Castle. Thrilling. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about America's first seance. Ooh. Not to flex. It's very exciting. <laughs> Not to flex, but I'm talking about this. Yeah, it is a big deal. And before you even talk about that, I am going to talk about something else. It's the news. This week's news is from the BBC. Oh, local. A new monster has been found, and her name is Toadzilla. Toadzilla, I love her. Love her. It's a cane toad in Queensland, Australia, that is six times the size of the average cane toad. How how big's it, how big are those? Six times less than this one. <sighs> I'm going to push you over. She is massive and weighs in at around 2.7 kilograms. Wow! Yeah. A park ranger called Kylie Gray and her team have captured the ginormous animal and brought her back to base to weigh her to see if she will beat the Guinness World Record for the largest toad, which was 2.65 kilograms. Unfortunately, Toadzilla's life had to come to an abrupt end. Yeah. The species is seen as a pest because it'll eat anything. And obviously this one's wham, so it can eat everything. Um... Who are we to say that Toadzilla should die? I know, I know. Who are we as a species in a society that this frog needs death? I know. I was like, wow, an interesting thing. And then I clicked on it and I was like, Abby's going to be You know upset. what? Don't give her an award for being the biggest and then kill her. She, she, she was seen as a pest. That's vile. She's okay. no pest. On the plus side, though, she will be donated to the Queensland Museum. Ah. Here's, here's hoping for more wham toads in the future. No, because they'll be put to death. Well, not if they live their lives secretly. It's a crime for big toads to exist. You can understand why Bigfoot is still hidden. Yeah. What if she's a pest? She's not. <laughs> she is. Not How dare you? Pest. Everyone but- reply to this with hashtag justice for Toadzilla. <laughs> Please don't. And we'll get it going. We'll start the movement. Protect big toads. 2023. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to have anything else to say? No. You want to discuss more toad stuff? Ah, we can. I don't I have haven't a lot seen of facts. A toad. You haven't? No. I've seen frogs. I've seen a toad. Was it warty? Yeah, they're like ugly frogs, right? Hey, no, like you're that's... being so rude to toads in this episode. What I'm not. I didn't kill it. <laughs> Myself. <laughs> I took a gun and I was like, going to Australia, big toad. You're like, all right. 
Loads gun, big toad. I, I'm calling you big toad. I'm going to Australia, big toad. Why did you say that in an Australian accent? I didn't. I don't think. I think you might have by accident. <laughs> Let um, me tell you about this. Please. America's first seance, and what some people consider the birth of the American spiritualist movement. This is also called the Hydesville Haunting, or the Fox Sisters. It's A lot happens here, okay? This Gosh, is a couldn't crazy make up your story. Mind, could you? Sources are austinseance.com, wikipedia, history.com, theparisreview.org, and hauntedhistorytrail.com. Ooh, isn't this exciting? Look at me reading things. Ooh. Haven't read in so long. Let's see if I can still do it. She actually can't read. No. I'm I... feeding her everything for a little earpiece. Stop talking. I can't hear anything. <laughs> so this story revolves around three sisters. One called Leah, who's in her 30s. Margareta? Margareta? Margareta like the pizza? Margarita like the pizza? I don't know. I do you can't... say Margareta like the pizza? Yeah, like close. So you go. You go in and you say, can I get one Margareta? <laughs> Margareta. Margarine? Look, Margarita? she went by Maggie anyway, so it doesn't matter. She was 14. <laughs> and a girl named Catherine Fox, who went by Kate. She was 11. Kate. The year was 1848. And since Maggie and Kate were so young, they were still living with their parents, John and Margaret. Some sources say that they also had a brother that lived with them, or lived elsewhere. I thought you meant their parents, John and Margaret. I was like, who <laughs> were John and Margaret? <laughs> Why are you not naming the parents? The parents, and also as well as that two random guys. Yeah, right, you're just giving me these names like I'm supposed to know who they are. Yeah, because it's an old story, some sources are like, there was an extra brother and he didn't do anything, and some were like, there was no brother. So this is like the difference between Big Little Lies the TV show and Big Little Lies the book. Yeah, what a very niche thing to say. <laughs> the family home was in Hydesville, New York. Fun fact, this place does not exist anymore. But at the time, it was a small settlement in Wayne County. Is it hiding? The settlement was founded in 1790, and one of the original settlers built a small farmhouse on the land. It was a story and a half, and various farmers lived in it before this family did, the Fox family. Mm -hmm. I had a question about this um, that I didn't bother researching. <laughs> how how big is a story and a half? Because I was thinking like a story, you know, the ground floor, and then like a balcony floor. I was imagining like a mezzanine level. What? You know, so you know, like in like big flats, for mm -hmm. example, you've got like story one, mezzanine, story two. Yeah, I'm aware so of like what the that mezzanine. Is. Um, in some buildings only takes up like half of the, the building. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. Like a balcony building on the inside, but it's not a full balcony. Balcony on the inside, not a balcony. So a mezzanine. There's a word for that. The farmhouse also had a little bit of a paranormal reputation. So we'll talk about that and come back to the Fox Sisters in a little bit. Do not forget about the Fox Sisters. What are their names? I've already forgotten. Leah, Kate. There was Kate. Leah, Kate and Maggie. Margarita. The first person to report spooky happenings was a lady named Lucretia Pulver, who worked as a housekeeper for a farmer. Lucretia was staying at the house for about three months, and for a while, nothing unusual happened. Then, one day, there was a knock at the door. <laughs> oh my god, it's like it's happening. It was, <laughs> it was a man in a long black coat with bright pants. It's you. Yeah. <laughs> Lucretia answered the door along with the farmer's wife. The stranger was a travelling salesman, and the group discussed his wares. 
Lucretia decided that she wanted to buy some wool from this guy, but she couldn't pay him until the next day. So she said, like, can you come back and I'll get your wool? And he was like, yeah, sure, no problem. But nobody ever saw him again after that. Oh. He just didn't come back. Rude. Yeah, she wanted wool. Give the woman wool. A few days later, Lucretia heard some spooky noises in the cellar. Ooh. Oh. Those were them. Sorry, they weren't very good. Thank you. The noises were similar to how it would sound if a person was down there. You know, like footsteps and rustling. Like, hey, I'm down here. Hey, so there's a guy down here. This frightened Lucretia, and she went down there to investigate. And when she did, she discovered that nobody was down there. She was relieved that there was no intruder, but obviously this meant that there was either something spooky going on or she was hearing things, and either is not great. Mm -hmm. So Lucretia investigated the cellar again, like, later on. And then she noticed that the ground had become uneven, like something had disturbed the dirt. Really freaked the dirt out. This makes me think that if there's a cellar, that's the bottom. Yeah, so it'll be like one floor in a cellar. Yeah. Not I was matching the other way inside, around. Inside, outside balcony. Downstairs balcony. <laughs> I don't think you know what a balcony no, is. No, I only, I only know things from The Sims. I won't lie to you. Everything. That's your whole education. That's where I learned the word miscellaneous. Mm, I used to learn that from video games because I'd always call it misc. And then I would call it miscellaneous. Nice. And I did not realize the errors of my ways until I was too old. And now I say that all the time. Miscellaneous. After some thought, she concluded that it must have been some rats or the farm dog that made the ground uneven. And that's likely what she heard in the cellar. So she just went to bed. Mm Mm-hmm. As she curled up in bed for the night, ready for some sweet, sweet dreams, she suddenly noticed that the dog was sat under the bedroom window. And then he began howling like someone was outside the window. And that's it. Lucretia and the farmer <laughs> moved out in 1843 and a new family moved in. That was enough for her. Yeah, she was like, I'm out of here. These new farmers were called the Weakman family. And the young housekeeper was named Jane. They lived here until 1846, and the first year they arrived, the place was completely normal. Nothing happened, no noises, nothing. It was completely fine. They had a peaceful, quiet life. Then, all of a sudden, in 1844, something weird started to happen. Mysterious rapping noises, is what they said. It went... It went. <laughs> that's not a rap, that's a beatbox. What if we rap the whole podcast? I couldn't. The farmer's wife, Hannah, said that the noise... This is awful. This is just talking. It's like slam poetry. The farmer's wife, Hannah, said that the noises sounded like they were coming from outside, and then suddenly, one day, they were coming from inside the house. The call is coming from inside the house. In her testimony later on, she would say the noises sounded like someone was walking around in the cellar, very similar to what Lucretia reported hearing. The noises moved around the house a little bit until they ended up in the children's bedroom. Then, one night, everyone in the house was abruptly woken when they heard a little girl scream. They rushed into the bedroom to see that she was okay, and they tried to calm her down. She told them something had been moving around the room and then moving over her head, and the only other information she could give was that it was really cold, and she didn't know what it was, but she was scared. Mm -hmm. After this, the family kept trying to move um, on from the situation, but other things kept happening, and they just couldn't. Like, one night when the farmer was there, he heard someone call his name, but nobody was there. And Jane kept seeing things in the corner of her eye, but couldn't quite look at anything. And then one time she saw a figure out the corner of her eye, and when she looked at it, it was a man. 
He was in the, the downstairs bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> he was in a downstairs bedroom and she saw him through the open door. He was just stood there and she stared at him frozen. She didn't hear any noise coming from the room. The man did not speak, but he was wearing bright pants and a long black jacket. What do bright pants mean? What are we talking about? It's the same guy. That's the ghost is the guy. No, I get that. But I mean like what a bright pants. Why aren't pants? you acting more surprised? <gasps> what a bright pants. Like brightly coloured pants. Like you know how everyone was obsessed with like red jeans back in like two thousand nine. I used to have coral coloured jeans. <laughs> I had a pair of turquoise jeans. Some people might still like that. Yeah. Not I know. me personally though. But like when it was like such a big thing, like you couldn't go to a clothes store. And have there been no normal coloured jeans that you wanted? Yeah, I did not like that. Um, but I will say they could also mean like white pants. It's 1840s lingo. So I don't know. Bright pants. I would never describe banging as wrapping. So it could be a similar thing. And you they never say, say like ratatat. Ratatatting? Yeah. You know, I was down in the basement and I heard some. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say that. You don't have to do it like that. Say it normally. Shut up. This, anyway, was the first time that Jane had heard such a thing. Before this, she did not believe in ghosts. So she rushed to the farmer's family to tell them what she'd seen. And they told us she just had a bad dream. And they said, we do not allow you to speak of this in the house. So she left. Wait. <laughs> I love the energy in these people. Like, I like that it was like, mm, dog held, I'm out. Like, it must be so hard for them to stay in one house. Well, she left later that year. It's not clear, it's not clear of, like, that's the reason or not. But, oh. like, probably, right? If yeah. the family, like, you saw a man, no, you didn't. She's going to be like, I'm out of here immediately. You know what? If I don't have any evidence to prove to me otherwise, I would like to believe that she was like, you know what? It's not worth it. No yeah. home is worth this. So the Weakman family moved out a few years later because they were weak men. You get it? Stop that. And the house stayed empty for a little while before the Fox family moved in in 1847. Do you remember who they are? Margarita. Kate. Stop calling her Margarita. Larry. I don't know. Margareta. Leah. Maggie. Leah. Kate. You only remember Kate because you're called Kate. Kate. <laughs> <laughs> so the family's intention was to stay at the farmhouse as a temporary measure while their dad built a new house nearby mm -hmm. but it wasn't long until spooky things started happening in march of 1848 unexplained sounds started happening in the house like a rat-a-tat maggie would later describe them as mysterious rappings because that was so popular in the 1800s sorry rat -a -tat <laughs> as the month progressed the sounds didn't go away in fact they increased both in volume and frequency the family would awaken in the night to thuds cracks and footsteps the girls seemed tired, but their parents were even more exhausted. Also, don't forget that Leah and Kate... Leah does not live in the house because she's in her 30s. It's just the other two. Oh, right. So the girls seemed tired, but their parents were even more exhausted trying to take care of the family and the farm, you know, and also building this house and their kids wouldn't sleep and there was noisy. Like, it was crazy. One night, John and Margaret, the parents, not some randomers, <laughs> they sent the girls to bed early to catch up on sleep. And the couples had some quality time, and then they headed to bed. <laughs> but even though they'd hoped the noises wouldn't begin again, they started up even louder than ever. It was coming from the floorboards, the walls, the ceilings, even the furniture, and seemed to be following the children. 
The mother was scared that something really sinister was living in their house and was stalking the children. And she recruited the neighbours to investigate. I thought you were going to say the Navy. I was like, why? The following night, the family stood in a bedroom, except this time it was way more dramatic. The room was crowded with neighbours and lit by candlelight. I would not be able to sleep in those conditions. The girls were about to perform America's first seance. So Maggie and Kate asked the spirit if it could hear them. I don't know why the little girls were left in charge of the seance. They were like, look, we haven't done this before. You give it a go? I suppose because if whatever it was was obsessed with the girls, then they're oh, more yeah. likely to get a response, aren't they? But yeah, it's not very responsible as, a, <laughs> as an adult. Yeah, you talk to the ghost, just shoves it towards the ghost. I don't want anything to do with it. So Maggie and Kate were like, if you can hear us, repeat the snap of our fingers. And they like snap their fingers. You'd be doomed as a ghost. I can't Awful. click very well. Ugh. The neighbours were astonished that the girls were able to communicate with the dead. Did it happen? Yeah, so I'm getting it. Sorry, sorry. So the spirit was asked to tap out the ages of the girls and it did. And then the neighbours would return over the next few days and everyone created a code so the spirit could answer more complex questions. So they created a code that the spirit could tap a certain amount of times on each letter to communicate a sentence. Like, it sounds really complicated, but probably a great idea. Yeah, I mean, it's essentially like... like an old-timey Ouija board. Morse code Ouija board. Yeah. I also don't know how reliable that would be if you can't see it. Like, if it was like, I want to burn your house down, and it's like... Taking ages. Not, well, yeah, taking ages, but also, like, how would you know that's what it's saying? What if it's like... <laughs> I can't think of an old I literally don't understand what you're saying. Slay the house down. Slate boots the house boots. down. The yeah. ghost is Todrickle. The ghost is 100% going to be saying that. When when was this? Sorry? 1847. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Look, at the well-knowing ghost saying boots the house down back in the 1840s. Look, I don't know the ghost of RuPaul. That's so I don't know what... Um, <laughs> wasn't even born. I don't know um, that what I'm trying to say, you. but you get what I'm trying to say. Like... I suppose, but, like, the only thing you've got to do is put spaces in between the words. I would get confused, personally. Yeah. Look, this is all a waste of time talking about this. (laughs) Anyway. What, the podcast? Yeah. (laughs) I have things to do that I can't do because I'm sat here. I'm joking. This is all a waste of time. (laughs) Anyway, as they communicated with the spirits through the tapping, they somehow figured out that the spirit was a 31-year-old travelling salesman who was murdered for $500 and then was buried under the house by a previous tenant, Lucretia. The wool girl. The wool girl. She really needed that wool. So they never asked for the spirit's name, which is kind of rude anyway. It's always, why are you haunting my house? Not how are you haunting my (laughs) house. Who is haunting my house? Yeah, I suppose, but what's it going to mean to them? You've not got Google to look them up on, have you? That's just if polite. If he's like a travelling man, like you're going to be like, okay, I don't know you. Anyway, so the ghost claims yeah, that he was that salesman. Lucretia had killed him for $500 and put him underground in the cellar. Yikes. It didn't work out how much $500 would be. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I know. It's my you knew that was thing. a question that I had. 40,000. You are guessing. Yeah, fully. <laughs> do you want to Google it or are you okay? I'm going to Google it. I need to know. 1847, 
Roughly $11,825. Thank you for researching that, Kate. That's not as much as I thought it would be. No, you just completely guessed. But would you kill a guy for it? I guess if you were poor. It's free money, isn't it? In the 1800s. There were rumours that a neighbour had found some bones and teeth under the house one day, and then other stories began being spread around. Locals were shocked that the old towns would have murdered an innocent man, and they shunned them from returning to the area. Yikes. Well, they weren't asked about come back, were they? When the girls communicated with the spirit, they called it, they nicknamed it Mr. Splitfoot. Bullying. Which is a nickname for the devil. This is why kids upset me. Because they will pick a nickname that is infinitely more offensive than anything anyone your age could call you. This guy isn't even a devil. They contacted the spirit and he was like, I was murdered, I'm just a guy. And they were like, ha Mr. Splitfoot, you're the devil. Yeah, right? Your niece once called me Frog. <laughs> And I was like, good, this is the most upsetting thing I've ever heard. She was like, frog Kate, frog Kate. And I was like, this is one of the worst insults I've ever had. I'll tell my sister about that. <laughs> frog Kate, frog Kate, frog Kate. And I was like, oh, That's please. so funny, Kate. You don't look like a frog, but if you were a frog, you'd be too big and we'd have to do something <laughs> about that. Maybe she was being like, listen, Kate, I'm going to euthanize you. You're an invasion species, Kate. <laughs> You're a pest. Anyway, the the ghost was actually called Charles. Oh. Charles B. Rosner. Unfortunately, I'll be calling him Splitfoot from now on. Soon the whole town of Hydesville had heard of the sisters who could communicate with the dead, and the word spread across the state. Eventually, it made its way to the newspapers in Rochester, which is where the girl's oldest sister, Leah, lived. Leah was a music teacher, and she heard about what her family were up to through a newspaper read by one of her students. Wow, so they weren't even, like, keeping her up to date. They no. were just, like, doing a seance without you, babe. Yeah, someone got a newspaper and she was like, why are my child sisters doing a seance? What is a seance? <laughs> Again. Yeah. Why are my child sisters bullying this, this ghost? So Leah immediately went home to see what the heck was going on. And she was shocked to find out that the girls had become so popular, the family had to move to another village to prevent their house getting so crowded when everyone would come over to watch the seance. Leah met up with her younger sisters and talked to them about their new skills as a medium. However, it didn't take long for Leah to notice that the girls were just absolute pranksters. Yeah. They were lying. I can't say. I'm surprised. You don't know how. You do not know how they've been lying. Tell me how. <laughs> this isn't my story. No, no, no. I want you to guess how they've been lying. You won't do it. They had wires attached to their feet that went to the basement and tapped on the floor of the basement on the ceiling of the basement or the floor of where they were sat for the noises they could crack their toes super loud (laughs) and no one noticed and that's how they faked a ghost these kids wait wait wait. do you hear that like you cracking your toe never do that that was gross these kids could crack their toes on a wooden surface on command and it would resonate through the floor and become so loud that it sounded like a ghost tapping. But they were just cracking their toes. I don't know how they thought about that. Anyways, ugh, bizarre. Stop cracking your toes. <laughs> Kate, I can hear you. <laughs> Sorry. So they were doing this to trick the locals because it was exciting. They're kids. Also, imagine you think you're a child is like some impressive medium phenomenon and they just have loud ass toes. This is what you get 
for letting your children be the first line of defence against ghosts <laughs> in your house. Maggie said that the noises started when they were going to bed at night and they would tie an apple to a string and move the string up and down oh. to hit the apple against the floor. So I was right, nearly. You were, that's how they started doing it at first, but then people started coming into the room, so they had to get creative. Mm-hmm. But they, they were so young that no one thought they would pull it off so well that it just went unnoticed. That's so funny. So Leah was like, okay, I should be mad, but instead I'm going to profit from this. Good for you. So she packed the kids up and they all moved to Rochester. And for a small fee, you could meet the medium girls and experience a real-life seance. And obviously this was a new thing. It was exciting. So their popularity grew even more. And then they were selling out theatres in New York because of their toes. They became extremely famous because the attitude towards paranormal at the time was like radically shifting. Um, Like a couple hundred years earlier, they would have been seen as witches. But instead the local religious people began spreading the word and creating, like, the early core of spiritualists in America. And because of this, the seances became a lot more important for people rather than just, like, a practical, like, entertainment thing. You know what I mean? People were like, let's hear about the afterlife and that kind of thing. So, you know, morally, I don't know how that is, but people who attended the girls' seances were, like, famous poets and activists and writers, like... It was like a big thing. Everyone started claiming they could talk to spirits. It really set people off. Um, Queen Victoria was holding seances. Like it became like mad shit because of these toe girls. All of this because of some like fluidy joints, right? But the fame wasn't all good because someone attempted to kidnap Maggie um, because they were offended about the show, and so the girls decided they were just going to quit. They didn't want to do it anymore. Fair. And also, some people had started figuring out the show might be fake. Um, because someone noticed that the ghost of Benjamin Franklin was just coming to all their seances. He was always there. Big fan. Um, and also his spelling had gotten considerably worse. Also, one time the girls had cushions placed underneath their feet during a performance. And then the whole show was silent. And Leo was like, only those who fully believe will hear it. So everyone was just like, man, I guess it's just because we don't believe. But it's because there was cushions. That's so funny. Why didn't they just remove the cushions and be like, no, I don't want it? I don't know. And here's a sentence I never thought I would say. On their last show, they spelled out, we will now bid you farewell with their toe joints. (laughs) Over time, you know, they got older, they had families. They also both had drinking problems because when they were younger, they just kind of got involved in that kind of society. Child fame. Um, Kate married a wealthy spiritualist who had passed away, leaving her as a a single mother with two sons. Maggie married an Arctic explorer, and he passed away in 1857 as well. But Leah didn't want the girls to stop performing because they'd made so much money and become super popular and famous. And But also, like, Leah got really involved in Kate's life, suggested she was drinking too much and she was a bad mum, so that's pissed her off. Mm-hmm. Um, so the girls just didn't really want to talk to each other. It just it created, like, a huge rift in the family, and they stopped wanting to do everything. Right. Um, so the girls were like, Maggie and... Kate, they were like, we have to fully quit. We have to do something that people are going to not want to see us anymore. We have to come clean publicly. So they offered a newspaper an exclusive story to prove once and for all that they were fakers and properly confess. So what happened next is quite confusing because the story is old. Um, this worked. They, you know, became scammers. They became shams, I guess. Mm-hmm. And Kate died in her home in 1892, age 55, 
Maggie died in 1893, aged 60, and Leah lived until she was 75. And that's pretty much it. Like, we don't know if there were actually bones under the house or whether it was actually haunted or a coincidence. Um, we don't know how people knew about the traveling salesman because they were like, oh, it's that guy. I don't know how they knew that because they didn't live there. Maybe they didn't, but it was kind of suggested that they did in the sources, but we don't know that. Mm-hmm. Also, it's kind of suggested that Maggie began believing her powers were real. Right. But again, that's, we don't know. I think it's hard, though, because, like, especially if you're a kid, if you're talking about something so much or if you're lying about something or whatever, like, you 100% can trick yourself into things. Yeah, for sure. Um, But either way, you can visit the remains of the farmhouse and have a little tour, if you like. It's just some protected ruins now, but you can get a better idea of what life would have been like for the girls. Let's go. We'll all go. I'll crack my toe joints and we'll have a right laugh. Okay. (laughs) So what do you think of the story? That was nice. Wasn't it? Do you want to do the scare scale? Yeah. Scary. Not. Not at all? Nothing happened. Well, I suppose I wouldn't be chuffed to hear knocking from my house. You know, the stuff before them. Mm -hmm. Um, So maybe like two. I'll give it two. How dangerous... It wasn't. Nothing was there. It was just some silly billies cracking their silly little toe joints. Okay. Well, it is likely because it was a thing, but we can say how likely the house was to be haunted. Um, I'd go for a one. Like, okay. there wasn't much to suggest that the house would be haunted. You know, apart from some knocking, some, like, disturbed dirt in the cellar, things like that, but... It was a farmhouse, mm-hmm. so I'm not surprised that there were noises and possibly mice. Yeah. You know? Pretty interesting one, huh? It was good. I love talking about ghost stories that then become scams. I like it when there's more of, like, a narrative. Like, my one is lots of short stories about different things. You know what I mean? Mm. But that was nice. I like that. Yeah. Great job. If you also like the podcast and you want to follow us on social media, you can do that at Myths Magic Pod on Facebook and Instagram. If you want to head over to our Patreon, that's patreon.com forward slash mythsmagicmurder. On Patreon, you can give as much or as little as you'd like a month. It really helps support us. And you get, like, coffee and a chat. We ask you questions. We're putting up polls, stuff like that. Also, if you have any haunted happenings, terrifying tales, or spooky stories, you can email us over on mythsmagicmurder at gmail.com. Yes, I would love to hear about your stories, Kate. Yes. So, I mentioned earlier that this place is called Glam's Castle. It's act. It, it's written like Glamis, but it, everything online persuaded me that it was not said like that. Glamis Camis Castle. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I said. Um, because it's Scottish, I think that they just pronounce it differently. Okay. So my sources are glamscastle.co.uk, greatcastles.com, Wikipedia, smithsonianmag.com, and thecourier.co.uk. So let me give you, as always, a bit of background on the Glam's Castle and the surrounding area. Yay! This particular castle is situated right next to the village of Glam's, which is in Angus, Scotland. For those who don't know, the area is very very hilly and lush, with more mountainous regions to the north of Angus. And it's cold as balls in Scotland. (laughs) (laughs) That's, like, scientific. Yeah, yeah. But you're a scientist. Yeah, obviously hyperventilates <laughs> the area that the castle is built on was originally a royal hunting lodge back in 1034 and it's where malcolm ii who was king of scots at the time was murdered <gasps> which is what has led people to believe that macbeth got some inspiration from here like the story oh. of macbeth as this is where the play is set 
A castle was built here by 1372 and has housed many royals, including the UK's late Queen Mother, as well as Queen Elizabeth when she was a child, and Mary Queen of Scots. Wow. But, oh, that's not why you listen to us. You're no. not here for a bit of... I don't want to hear about the queens. Oh, you don't care about royalty or Scotland. That's not true. Anyone who listens to this podcast cares about both of those things. Maybe. <laughs> there is a 50% chance that you care. It's possible. Let me get into the spookier history of the castle. Okay. So due to the age of the castle, it's unsurprising that there's multiple ghosts that call this place home. One of which can be found in the Queen Mother's sitting room. Here, a young page boy was essentially put on the naughty step a lot because he was a bit of a prankster, a bit of a trickster. So, on one night, he'd been put on the naughty step, but then they'd forgotten about him. No. And it was winter. No. So everyone else had gone to bed no. and not told him that he was free to leave. Oh. So he sat there all night and froze. That's so sad. That... Never mind. I was going to tell an anecdote that I shouldn't. Oh, please. It's not about dying, though, and I feel like this is really sad, genuinely really sad, this this young boy lost his life. It's about pissing myself. <laughs> <laughs> when I was in year two. Hang on. It is sad... Especially because kids don't understand that they don't have to listen to adults. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say my story was, because when I was in year two, I was um, asked to help over like lunchtime with a project, because I was like a smart kid. And um, All right, humble brag. Year two, how old is that? Like six, seven? Six-ish. Six. I... Um, my teacher came in and she was like, okay, you have to wait here until I come back. Like, don't leave the room. And I was like, okay. But I had to pee so bad. And obviously I was a kid. You can't hold it that long. And I was just waiting and waiting and like minutes and minutes. And I was like, I'm not allowed to leave. Even though the toilet was right outside, I could have just gone. She wouldn't have minded. But because I was a kid, I didn't understand that I yeah. wouldn't get in trouble for, for leaving. Yeah. So I just peed and she came back and she was like, why, why have you peed? Well, that's the thing. Like, you know, this kid, for example, had been put on the naughty step a lot. He'd probably learned that if he leaves the naughty step, he gets told off. So it's just really unfortunate. Yeah. Since the naughty step didn't teach him to not be naughty, he can now be seen by visitors when he's tripping people up as they enter the room. Well, that's hilarious. The next ghost is a ghost of his own making. One of the lords of Glam's, or Earl Beardy, as he's more commonly known, was playing cards late into the night with the Earl of Crawford. Beardy kept refusing to give up, even though the Sabbath was approaching, oh. aka Sunday, Christian Day mm -hmm. of Rest. So they played on. And when the clock struck midnight, the devil joined them at the table. Oh. He asked if he could join, very polite. And Beardy said, yeah, right. And proceeded to gamble his soul away in another game of cards. He lost, and soon afterwards, he died. So now his ghost can be heard cursing and swearing in the room that he lost his soul in. The bedroom was bricked up in an attempt to quiet down the disturbances. However, ghosts aren't often troubled by bricks. Nope. So now he's just seen wandering around the castle, or, in the case of a few guests, looming over their beds in the Ooh, dead of night. no, no, no. <laughs> Naughty. I don't like that. Naughty. I think that's the best part of being a ghost. Walls do not matter. Right. You ever just, you're ever in a building and you're like, ugh, I have to go through all the doors. 
I get it a lot with town. I'm like, I've got to go that way, but there are buildings in my way. Imagine if you could just go straight ahead. You're like, I have to go to this place and you can just walk through all the walls. Incredible. And scare people at the same time. Fabulous. Oh my God. It's a win What a life. An afterlife. If that wasn't enough, I've got even more ghosts. Oh. Janet Douglas was the wife of the sixth Lord of Glam's and he was hated by King James V because of manipulation from his stepfather, who was also a Douglas. Does that make sense? King James was manipulated by Douglas. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Douglas is a last name, so that probably didn't help you much. Some time passed and her husband died, so Janet got remarried to Archibald Campbell of Skipness and continued to live at Glam's Castle. However, King James was still about and still very angry with her family. So in an act of hatred, he had Janet arrested on a charge of witchcraft that he completely fabricated. Nob. She was burnt at the stake on July 17th, 1537, on Castle Hill by Edinburgh Castle. King James is the one that put all the witchcraft into action, wasn't he? Yeah. <clears throat> she didn't witch hunting, sorry, not witch. He didn't make witchcraft. <laughs> She didn't stay here, though. She made her way back to Glam's castle and can now be seen kneeling and praying in the chapel, described and only known as the Grey Lady who disappears after a few moments after seeing her. Another horrific tale oh. is that a serving maid was going on about her duties one night when she stumbled upon a secret involving the Earl at the time. Ooh. Some sources say she ran. Others say she threatened directly to expose the secret. What was the secret? Uh, I don't know. We'll never know. What? Because the Earl ordered guards to apprehend her and cut out her tongue as punishment. An affair, right? Has to be an affair. Well, there is a secret that I know about that I'll tell you about next. Who told you? Someone. I would never reveal my sources. <laughs> Very shortly after having her tongue cut out, she died, obviously, and can now be seen running around the castle guard castle grounds silently screaming with blood dripping out of her open mouth oh no she can also be spotted looking out from a barred window within the castle so it's entirely possible that the secret the maid stumbled across is a secret surrounding thomas lion bows thomas is thought to have been born on and died on the 21st of october 1821 however this isn't accepted by everyone an unnamed midwife said that when she left the property after delivering Thomas, he was alive and well, so it would be strange for him to die on the same day he was born. It's believed that perhaps Thomas was born with physical disfigurations, and so his family locked him away in a secret chamber, <gasps> rather than let him be the rightful heir. This could be supported from a story in 1865, saying that a workman at Glam's castle went through a door that went into a corridor that he wasn't aware of before mm -hmm. at the end of which he saw something that he described as and i quote a human toad which obviously is not politically correct but i'm quoting shortly after the worker was sent to australia with his travel being paid for by the earl bit suspicious interesting mm -hmm. this isn't the only piece of lore about the castle that revolves around a hidden room another story says that back in the 1400s the oglivy clan were feuding with the Lindsay clan, so they'd gone to the Earl to ask for shelter and protection. The Earl had brought the Oglivy clan Ogilvy I'm so sorry, there is no way of knowing into his cellar into a secret room. 
What the clan didn't know is that the Earl was in cahoots with the Lindsays and they'd been locked in the secret room and he'd left. Weeks later, a worker had gone down to the cellar and for some reason opened the door. Inside was one man clinging onto life after having to eat the rest of his family. Ah! Oh my God! These secrets haven't just been ignored by everyone throughout time. One summer's day in 1877, guests of the 12th Earl needed to know if there was a secret room. So they hatched a plan, including the Earl's wife. She had asked her husband to join her in a hunt, and while they were away, the rest of the guests had opened every window and hung a white piece of cloth from it. They all went outside and looked to see if there were any unopened windows, and if they were, that's where the secret room was. Obviously, this hinges on there being a window in the secret room, Mm -hmm. but I thought it was pretty clever. Yeah. Some accounts of the experiment say that there was one locked window in the tower. Others say there are as many as four secret rooms. Oh, wow. The Earl then came back and was enraged. He divorced his wife shortly after. Goodness. Thankfully, that's it for specific ghost stories. In addition to this, there's just the usual rat-a-tatting, wailing, hammering noises that you would expect from an old haunted castle. Yes. I've got to say, when I was researching this, I was surprised by the sheer volume of horrific things that have apparently Yeah, happened. this is a nightmarish place. Yeah, you would not stay here. Nope. For any amount of money. Nope. That brings me on to... How scary do you think that is? Probably like a solid four. I can't say five because I don't know if the ghosts are like... They don't seem malicious. Mm. But the vibe, I think, would be gross. Oh, yeah. You would not be happy. No. There. Just a swamp of darkness how dangerous like a three two three because you might get tripped (laughs) and i hate tripping that's your main danger yeah i hate to be tripped if i hit the floor i hate it it's so scary how likely do you think it is that this place is haunted i'm gonna say like a four yeah i have no concrete proof because i've not seen anything but um it sounds pretty scary it does and i would expect it to be scary as well if I visited, I'd go, whoa, a scary place. Whoa. Wow, this place is freaky. That nearly tripped. That was oh. scary. <laughs> Any ideas other than haunting? Uh, tourism. Mm-hmm. Old stories. Mm-hmm. That's it? Yeah. Yeah? Fair news. Just like it is with all of the scary places. But I mean, it sounds pretty haunted. If you believe in ghosts, you probably think there's ghosts there. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But then if you believe in ghosts, do you think that there's ghosts in most old castles? Probably. probably. Yeah. Yeah, it's a castle full of old things. Ghosts love that. <laughs> ghosts are like, oh, this castle's got no old things. Time to move. Yeah, as soon as you buy a castle and you renovate it, modern kitchen, they're leaving. Yeah, they're not happy with that. Yeah, that's why I won't live somewhere old. Because of that specific problem. Yeah, in case a ghost is there and it likes it. Not the spiders. And the spiders. <laughs> Imagine how many spiders there are in this haunted castle. No. What a nightmare. That's hell. Vile. I hate that. What would you put in a secret room? Say something nice. <laughs> what else would I say? <laughs> say something nice. <laughs> um, snacks. Because you eat all of my snacks. Not true. False. It's- She's spreading accusations that aren't true. <laughs> I would put in... No one asked. What would you put in? (laughs) My rabbits. All my bunnies. All your secret bunnies. My secret pets that I keep. 
I like animals. No, she doesn't. <laughs> she does. <laughs> I don't know what I'd what I'd put in there. I think it'd just be nice to have a private place that people would know I am. Yeah, you could just hide. I'd, I'd put myself like, in the room. Yeah, I'd have like a cozy bed and like a TV, mini fridge. Xbox. Yeah, it'd be like a bedroom, but no one would know where I am. So if people, I could just be like, oh, I'm going out. And then everyone will be like, okay. And then I'll just hang out. Everyone. And no one will know where I am. Who is living here with you? Well, all of my adoring fans. I just mean like no one can find me. If you were like, hey, Abby, do something with me. I'd be like, sorry, I'm busy. And you would be able to find me and be like, no, you're not. <laughs> just say no, thanks. <laughs> Simply, you don't have to lock yourself in a room. I love just being places and being like, no one knows I'm here. That's so funny. I do it all the time. If I like go out for shopping, I'll get a coffee and be like, no one knows I'm doing this right now. Isn't that good? It is good. Except you, you usually know. Most do. people don't. I put I my do. phone on do not disturb and I'm like, do not contact me. You don't know where I am. I have a sixth sense for these kind of things. Yeah. You're hiding away in your secret chamber listening to Myths Marikamara before bed. Don't. Don't listen before bed. <laughs> listen before bed. 